Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 209 of Motherhood in Hollywood. We are back after a somewhat extended break over the holidays, and we are going to take 2021 by storm. We have a lot of good things to talk about. My favorite guest in the world is back. It's Chris Brooker, and we are going to be getting caught up with you guys and just sort of... um, yeah, talk about this new year, expectations, hopes, dreams, and um, all of that good stuff. So here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. All right, friends, as I mentioned before, my favorite guest in the world is here, Chris Brooker. Hello. Hi, Bunny. How you doing? Good. I guess I shouldn't call you Bunny since that's what I call Chan. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Honey? Sure. <laughs> we've, never, we've never been like name call it, like schmoopy, you know. I call you Pooper. You call me Pooper, yes. For many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. To an amazing start. Um, all right, Pooper. All right, Pooper. You also called me something else when we... Was it all... Has it always been Pooper? Sugar Pop. No, there was something else. Sugar Pooper? I don't know. Some variation Skeezer. of that. Skeezer. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I just know that I always call Chan Bunny. And when we first started dating, I called you Tissy. Yes, and you still do sometimes to be annoying. <laughs> It's annoying. It's affection. It's it is affection. Yes. I don't baby talk. Like, you know I don't baby talk, but occasionally I will call you Tissy still. You baby talk the animals to hell. I do. They <laughs> love it, though. They love it. I will have full-on baby talk conversations with Gracie, mm-hmm. and she'll just look at me like, yes, give it to me more, and then claw <laughs> my face and jump away. Um. So anyway, we are uh, deep into 2021 now. You know, I don't think we are. I think 2020 asked for an extension and it was granted. It was granted. Yeah. Yes. Um, It's quite possible. I mean, we're just past the first week of 2021. Yes. And nothing's changing. Look what's happened. We're still in the pandemic. um, And there's been an insurrection. (laughs) You can call it that. At the the Capitol. Yeah. you know, it's it does feel quite chaotic. It feels like we're in this endless sea of chaos that just keeps going. You know, like this this one bad news after another. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up in the night and I look at the Twitter just to see what's going on, sure. to see if our country is still a country. Are we at war? Do I need to get out our go bag? <laughs> you know, like head for the hills. Like it, it feels like that. There, some days are worse than others. Like the other day when all that stuff went down in the Capitol was very stressful. Um, it just feels a little overwhelming. Well, you know, it's been that way. The news cycle has been that way for the last four years. Like mm-hmm. every day, it's something new. And eventually we get kind of numb to it. And of course, after the election in November, everyone had hope again and look, looking forward to things. And um, and then, yeah, then then the other day happened. And it's like everyone's shocked and numb again yeah. um, on and both outraged. sides, on both sides of the aisle. You know, it's nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of out- outrage. Um, and I think if anything has come out of that, if anything positive has come out of that, it's some of the people who are more moderate, right? are now like, whoa, that's not what we're, we stand for. Right. We're not, we're not 
all about that extreme behavior and we this is un-American and they are now like shying away from Trump and their support of Trump that they've had before. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't want to dive too much into politics because this is a entertainment comedy show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> but I do think it's something that needs to be addressed and I can't really, I don't really address it on my social media and well, I say I can't because... You know, I work in news and I even had this conversation with my boss a couple of weeks ago because we've had they've had some trouble with reporters who are voicing their opinions and retweeting some uh, opinion, very opinionated articles and stories and stuff. Slippery slope. Yeah. And as reporters and journalists, we're supposed to be uh, impartial. And even as an entertainment reporter, I can't really be like, you know, down with Trump or whatever. Right. I try very hard to, cause it's that I've been a journalist for over 20 years. So I try very hard to still, um, find that balance to be able to listen to both sides. And I think that that's what has gotten us to this place because people have forgotten to do that, to, listen to someone else's perspective because for so long people in the middle of the country have felt unheard mm-hmm. and it has pushed them to this extreme place now does that make it okay and are there racist and are there terrible people 1000 percent. but on the other side of it too i feel like liberals and the left and the left wing and the democrats whatever you want to call them have also been pushed to the extreme where they feel like the middle part of the country is running things and they're not going to stand for racism. They're not going to stand for all of this stuff. And they feel like anybody who is not with them is against them. And it's just become a nation of extremes. And, you know, throw into that, couple that with the massive amounts of disinformation that's being spread through social media on both sides. You know, it comes down to critical thinking. Like if you see one of these articles about, oh, Trump kicked a puppy or something like that. (laughs) I mean, ask yourself, okay, is this is this relevant to the conversation? And is is this a possybility? Is this real? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But (laughs) let's let's just hold that off for a second. Well, and that's what I'm saying is I think people have lost the capacity to see another perspective. It's just tunnel vision. It's all about what about me, my family, my income, my life, how am I being affected? And um people forget that we are a united states. Like it's not just about us in California versus people in Oklahoma or Pennsylvania or whatever or Georgia. You know, it's uh, we are supposed to be United States, but getting a billion people to unite on the same issue is a gargantuan task. Well, and that's the thing. For the last four years, um, our leadership has not treated it like a United States. Right. Our leadership has treated the 30 percent base that voted for him. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's that's been a big issue. Yes, and fed on some of the insecurities, and um, yes, yeah. So uh, it, it's been already a trying year, and it's put us to the test. I feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel. My hope is that there's light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, I have to be honest with you. <clears throat> I And I know we have the, the vaccine that's coming out now for coronavirus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. I... There are moments that I have where I'm like, I don't know that I necessarily want things to go exactly back to normal. It will never go back to normal as it was before. Well. <clears throat> It'll get close. It'll get close maybe, but. I just, there, 
And what I mean is, is back to normal. I mean, of course I want restaurants and things like that to open again and, you know, Disneyland and Universal Studios and all of that stuff. And so we have places to go and we can feel safe, you know, again, that's what I want. What, what I don't want and talking about like tunnel vision here, I don't want to go back to covering red carpets. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go back to, um, hauling my ass across town to Beverly Hills for, a four minute sit down with Mark Wahlberg or whatever. Although I would do it for Mark Wahlberg. He was so nice. But um, Well, this quarantine has, has, has helped you, you know, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, because virtually everyone's doing things virtually now. So it's so easy. And I kind of hope that that continues because I would rather, I would rather sit in my living room in my sweatpants and just throw on some makeup and do my hair then do the grind that honestly entertainment reporting is a grind and especially my job in particular because I don't have any support you're a one man band I'm a one man band I do everything myself from producing writing editing setting up interviews um, all of it yep I do it myself so it's um, a grind and I don't necessarily want that part of my job to go back to the way it was and also just on a personal level I've gotten used to our little family unit and our routine right? and being so close. Like I know where you guys are. I don't have to worry that you're out getting coronavirus or, you know, I don't have to worry because we're all, we're all here. Right. We're all in this sort of insular world. Um, and there's something kind of comforting about that. No, I agree. I agree. So I'm like, I know eventually Chan's going to go back to school. You're going to have to go back into the office and that sort of thing. But I'm kind of, I know it sounds weird, but I'm kind of enjoying this time when we're all together because we're never going to be like this again. Eventually Chan's going to get super busy with school and after school activities and eventually leave us and go to college. (laughs) Um, So we're never going to be like this in this way again. So there's a part of me that's strangely is enjoying it yeah i know that sounds yeah. weird but yeah no i agree i agree I, I like the the kind of routine we've carved out um um i'm hoping for a work from home scenario that, that would be great you know that way we, we can continue that routine in some capacity i think even past the pandemic like i would like for that to at least be an option for you so maybe you can work from home a couple days you know no, I've, like, I've read some articles that said that that's probably going to be the new norm yeah i think uh, bigger companies i think even like google has said that from now on all their employees forever mm-hmm. are going to be working from home because they can there's no reason to have an office anymore yeah um as technology advances and you know we have our laptops we have our our macs and our zooms and everything else it's possible Mm-hmm. It's possible. All right. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about entertainment. So this last year obviously was um, a crazy year for the entertainment industry. Movie theaters are shutting down, possibly even filing for bankruptcy this year. AMC may go completely out of business or they may just narrow it down to like a dozen theaters or something. Who knows what they'll do. And um, so many huge movies were either delayed, their opening or went straight to streaming um, as someone who used to work in a movie theater mm-hmm. like you did, mm-hmm. what do you think about the possibility that movie going as we know it, that may never be the same? Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's disappointing, right? Because going to the movies is such an experience. You go there, you get your popcorn, you sit down in a stinky seat, <laughs> usually. And, uh, you know, you, you have the 
on the big screen right in front of you and it's always nice i've i've always loved going to going to movies going to movies with you and Channing and stuff like that cuz it's 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 a nice experience and if that goes away it really will be sad yeah well there's so there's so few family things that you can do that are not quite as expensive like there's family things you could do like go to a disneyland or universal or something for mm-hmm. example but you're going to be spending a few hundred dollars well movies aren't cheap movies either. aren't cheap yeah. but they're not hundreds of no, dollars true, true, true. and they're not it's not an all-day venture like you wouldn't just go to disneyland for a couple hours or, of course some people i know would but um like when i worked at the movie theater years and years and years and years ago um tickets were five dollars it's crazy uh a popcorn was a buck fifty you know, it was what? it was it was pretty a small popcorn it was a buck fifty, but um or something like that. It was it was relatively cheap, but now it's like it's fifteen dollars a ticket. It's worth it. A large popcorn is nine dollars. Or it. I love movie theater yeah. popcorn, and I don't care what they put on the side of the microwave po- popcorn box. It's never the same. It's not. You <laughs> it's can, not movie theater butter. It's not movie theater butter. It's not movie theater popcorn. It's different and special. Um, I too will be will be. Very sad to see movie theaters um, go away if that happens. You know, I hope it doesn't happen. I think what we might see is the rise again of smaller theaters, like your three plexes, you know, indie theaters. The indie yeah. theaters. We might see those doing well because they don't have the huge capacity. Like the AMC theaters on CityWalk has like 20 screens or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just a gargantuan amount. And that's a huge piece, piece of property there as well. So to like maintain that, fill it, make their money back. like that's... Or you'll see these boutique theaters as well. You know, the theaters that have the reclining seats and drink oh, yeah, service dinner and, and dinner theaters. and movie theaters. Yeah. Because those seats are like already spread out from like one another. Like the Alamo. Right. Alamo. Exactly. That was a great theater experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that that theater existed. Yeah, Alamo Draft House. But I was like, this is the coolest place ever. Except for when we were leaving, it still haunts me that that girl, like, yelled at me in the in the um, elevator. <laughs> I don't know why that bothers me. I don't even remember? remember that. You don't remember? We were standing there in line to get in the elevator, and this girl acted like I stood in front of her, oh, and then yeah. <laughs> wouldn't let me in, and then said something rude to me as the doors were closing, and I was like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It was so randomly, I was like, it was like they were trying to have like a Karen moment and wanted me to like go Karen on them. And I think I might have. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, that's so rude. Um, But anyway, I didn't even know the Alamo Draft House existed. And we went there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool place. And it's like perfectly suited for us and our personality. Sure, they got the bar downstairs with the video video games games. and gift shop and the big screens. Yeah. So great. So it would be a shame if places like that, you know, didn't didn't get to thrive because it is so specialized and so cool. But um, but yeah, so and I think also, too, there were some several movies coming out last year that I was disappointed that either we didn't get to see or got pushed back or something. I was looking forward to, to Black Widow. Oh, yeah. I know that got pushed back. We have to talk about Wonder Woman. Sure. Um, I was disappointed. Same. And now I know why Warner Brothers was not wanting people to interview the cast. <laughs> um, they were very uh, limited. They ca- the excuse that we always get when they don't want people to uh, or to open it up to press is they say, oh, our talent's time is limited. I'm like, you're telling me you worked on a multi-million dollar movie and the cast only has two hours to promote it? Like, shut up. Come yeah, on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 
that is ridiculous. So I think they think we're all kind of stupid. <laughs> but I was like, okay, you're telling me Gal Gadot, who is getting paid millions of dollars to promote this movie and star in this movie only has a limited amount of time right. to talk to the media about it when it's literally the only big movie that's coming out this year. Stop it. So can you tell I'm bitter? I was a little mad about that, <laughs> but I understand now why that I've seen it. Cause I'm like, Oh, it wasn't great. It was just, I mean, it and was I, disappointing. There's, you know, there's elements of, of, of the wonder woman movies that are, are great. The whole Themyscira, scenes Mm -hmm. you know when she was a kid and those are beautifully shot and and full of action and and stuff like that and then when they try to bring back to the real world something was lacking this time around well we've always talked about how and listen and i say all of this knowing i if you know anything about me you've been following along at all or any of my reports i almost never say anything negative or tear apart a movie or tv show because i know the amount of hard work that goes into it, you know, I've been an actor for many, many years, and I know that there is everything from producers, writers, directors, um, you know, uh, craft services, wardrobe, everybody on set works so hard. It's not just the actors who work so hard to put a movie and TV show together that it feels like it feels really crappy if I were to come out and diss something or speak negatively of it because it's someone's work. It's an art form. And it's yeah. like, it's, I just don't feel like it's my place to do that. And I think sometimes critics take themselves way too seriously. I've seen some of the most dumb, benign things that they nitpick on. And I'm like, come on, get over yourself. If a movie sucks, it sucks. Yeah. You know, if it's great, it's great. If it sucks, it sucks. It's a critic's job to call that out. And I agree. They do wade in the minutiae quite a bit. Uh, but, but it's all subjective, too. Of course it is. And so many of these, like, actual film critics take themselves way, 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 way too seriously. Like... Like, I know some people really go to Rotten Tomatoes and they really go, oh, what kind of tomato score does it have? I don't give a crap. Yeah. If it looks like a fun movie and somebody's in it that I like, I'm going to watch it. Sure. Um, But with with Wonder Woman specifically, I just feel like they had, they were doing too much. They had too many bad guys, too many MacGuffins, too many things going on. Like, what are we, what are we... are we worried about this stone thing? Sorry, spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet. You should see it by now. Um, like, are we worried about the stone thing? Are we worried about Pedro Pascal? Are we, what are we worried about? The terrorists? Like, what are, what's going on? Also, the terrorist plot felt just a little unnecessary. It was bloated. It was bloated. I, the cast, I thought all of the cast did the really well. The actors were great. All the cast did, did great. I feel, oh, and Kristen Wiig. Like the, she, it was like there's so much going on. You didn't even get to focus on Kristen Wiig, and I'm like, she got lost a little bit. She got lost. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't need Pedro Pascal's character. You could have saved him for the next movie, and just focused on Cheetah. The- Cheetah and the dynamic between Wonder Woman and Cheetah. See, Cheetah is a is a is a main villain of Wonder Woman's mm-hmm. main. In this, she was well, there, sidebar. but kind of a sidebar, right? In the comics, do you know what set off their rivalry? I don't know specifically. What I've, kind of nerd are you? I'm not that big of a Wonder Woman <laughs> nerd. I, what I've read is there's there's a couple of different ways it could have gone down. There's there's a couple of different origin stories about their yeah. rivalry that, that are floating around in the comics. I'm, I'm not sure which one is right. So the main problem I had with that is um, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's character, was nice to her the whole time. Yeah. 
and was nice and became friends with her and they were working together at one point there was no impetus whatsoever for cheetah to turn on her other than just no you can't take away my power and then at the end when she's like i'm gonna destroy you everything you've ever had but it was like well wait a minute two scenes ago you guys were friends and working together yeah, yeah. and there was and nothing happened to make her have to hurt cheetah or betray her in some way to cause that reaction of vengeance right which is what every good bad guy has like they've got some kind of beef something happened something happened where they're mad at superman or whoever you know yeah and that didn't happen here they were actually friends and they were like girlfriends who went shopping together like what (laughs) you know so i just was a that just felt really forced and really unclear to me and i think that had they spent more time listen to me now i'm a screenwriter um, had they spent more time <laughs> um, focusing on the relationship between Wonder Woman and Cheetah and let that be enough yeah. for this movie instead of having all this other crazy. Oh, and then they're bringing back, you know, Chris. Well, and speaking Pines of forced, and, yeah. speaking of forced a little bit, I felt that was extremely forced. Mm-hmm. That being said. I thought his scenes were some of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. I, I, I like seeing him on screen again. I like seeing him misplaced in the 80s, uh, you know, and stuff like that. I also was like, if you're going to bring him funny. back, bring him back. Like, don't send him back to the dead. Like, geez. It yeah. just seemed unnecessary. Fine, you're going to bring him back. Okay, we'll commit to that. But then don't make him go back to the dead. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Because then he could have stuck around for future movies. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just... I. I would love to be in on these meetings sometimes when all of these highly paid, brilliant minds are sitting around the table coming up with ideas for what to do with these huge franchises. And not even just that, but even smaller movies or whatever, you know? And them going, oh, you know what people would really love is this, this, this. And then they put it in the movie. And then we see it and we go, oh, that felt like somebody said, you know what they would love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it just doesn't, it, it feels like there's sometimes there is a disconnect between what the fans want and what the producers and powers that be want. Now, on the other side, you've got the finale of Mandalorian, which all of the fans completely geeked out over. Have you watched the reaction videos? There's reaction yes. videos. I watched YouTube. like Christian, our friend Christian's good lord. But like people are weeping openly. Groman's <laughs> crying. But people are like saying John Favreau saved the Star Wars universe, that he that he's this he and Pedro Pascal are and the saviors for us all. And you know, um maybe, but it was just a good show. I don't know. Maybe I'm not that invested in Star Wars universe. I I liked I liked the finale quite a bit i didn't tear up you know mm-hmm. you know at the big reveal uh, yes you did yes you did i, I laughed i laughed at it and i thought it was great but i'm but i also saw it for what it was extreme fan service that's yeah. what they were doing and i was like okay that's what they did there i can i i i, I can get behind that but it's very transparent what they did here's what i don't understand sometimes the fans want the fan service and sometimes they don't they feel like they're being pandered to how do we know what the difference is? Is it just up to each individual fan and how they feel? Probably. Probably. What they did right in Mandalorian, though, is they, is it works. It worked in the timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 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 um, it, it made a logical sense who showed up when and why and everything else. I was like, okay, yeah, I could see that happening in this universe. Okay, cool. All right. 
Well, I just think that them praising John Favreau and oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Pedro Pascal? No, no, no. The other co creator, executive producer. Oh my god, I'm never gonna George do- Lucas? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The other guy all right, I'm gonna look up online because I'm never gonna get cast in a Star Wars movie, but I do wanna know this guy's name. I like seeing Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Um, I will say that. Yeah. Great casting. Um, yeah. And she's, she's got her own show now. Dave Filoni. Sure. Dave Filoni is like, they brought him on specifically to help with the Mandalorian. Okay. Oh, I'm never going to get cast in this show. I know they're all listening to my podcast right now and they're going to be like, this lady, we cannot cast her as the <laughs> new Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> the chubby Jedi. <laughs> I will be your new Lady Boba Fat. <laughs> no prosthetics needed. <laughs> Just put me in the chair and I'll go, We Boba Da Hut. You're lucky, man. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to pee. I guess I'm laughing. Um, anyway, so. These are the things that I think about. And these are also things that Chris and I debate on our couch. We should do a new podcast that's like... From the couch. From the couch. Brooker's from the couch. And it's just us talking about shit we watch. Because sometimes things we talk about... Like, I've been binge-watching Yellowstone. Yes. As you know. Good show, by the way. It's a good show. You had trouble getting into it because you couldn't, like, sit down. You were too busy, like, doing stuff. Yeah, but once I did, I got into it. It's like, if you haven't seen Yellowstone, which would be surprising because it's the number one show on cable... But if, if you're in the Midwest, you've seen it. Everyone in the Midwest has seen it. 100%. If you haven't seen Yellowstone, it's like the like the mafia. It's oh, the like ranchers. It's like the mafia on the ranch. It's like the country version of Succession on HBO. Um, country version of of Goodfellas. Yeah, kind of. You know, on a ranch and that, uh, that that's a good analogy. It's like Goodfellas meets Succession. On a ranch. I'm sure that was what they pitched yeah. when they went in. And I've been binge watching it. It's a very intense drama. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of killing. There's a lot of violence. And It's uh, awesome, basically. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this feels... Talking about force. I'm like, do they really need to jump off their horse and just start punching each other in the face right now? Like, that just seems unnecessary. Well, if it's organic to the story. It never... <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the the gratuitous butt shots are yes. organic to I the story. I just tweeted that out today. I was like, I just feel like the writers are using this show as an excuse to show lady butts. Mm-hmm. Because that's every episode, there's some girl's ass in the show. And it's like, is this really necessary? And it's clear to me now that somebody has a fetish or something <laughs> on that, right? That's another show I'll never be on. So I'm just putting it out there. I will say, though... A couple months ago, I interviewed Kevin Costner, and he was so nice. And just as, like, he does have that sort of cowboy feel, but I have to remind myself, I'm like, he's an actor. Yep. He's not this person. and But that's when you know you have a good actor, is that they can um, really just immerse themselves into a character, like the guy who plays Rip. His name is Cole Hauser, and mm-hmm. he was the redheaded guy on Days and Confused. And I had to look him up. I'm like, who is this guy? He's been in a bunch of other stuff too, but yeah. He's done a ton yeah. of stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. done a ton of ton of stuff. Because I was like, You'd recognize this? his face, definitely. Absolutely. But I was like, who is this rip guy? He is super hot. 
And I looked it up. I'm like, it's the ginger from Dazed and Confused. What? Um, but he has completely transformed himself in this role. And he looks totally different. His mannerisms, everything. He's this everything. big, beefy man in black. Grizzled, kind of, yeah. yeah, grizzled uh, henchman cowboy with a heart of gold. And um, it's just a really fascinating show. I, I It sucked me in. I've been binge watching it. I'm halfway through season three right now. And uh, I love it. I highly recommend it. Yeah, good, good stuff. Next up on my what to watch list is Bridgerton. Have fun with that. Oh, you're you not gonna watch it with me. You and your period pieces. I'm. Nah. I thought you were gonna say you and your period. I was like, well, that too. Okay, gross. Um, I do love a good period piece. I love a good theme. Yeah. I'm excited for this year. Let's talk about really quickly what are we excited to watch this year, whether it be on a streaming service or, God willing, in the theater again. But. Um, what are we looking forward to watching this year that is slated to come out? A lot of stuff has been pushed back, but what are you looking forward to? Well, like you mentioned, there's there's, there's Black Widow, of course. Um, I'm, I'm really into uh, the Stand miniseries that's happening right now on CBS. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm like one and a half episodes in. It's uh, pretty awesome. Um, I'm not sure what else. I'm not sure what, what else is even coming out. Well, I think the new Bond movie is coming out in a few months. Oh, okay. Will that, will that be streaming? Uh, I imagine everything's going to be streaming. It's going to be coming out. Some A lot of movies are coming out in theaters for a couple of weeks, and okay. then they're going to streaming. Like, Universal movies have to. That's the deal they made with AMC. Coming to America. Oh, yeah. I do want to see that. Yeah, I laughed America harder than I thought I would at the trailer for that. <laughs> uh, it does look really fun. Um, let's see. Gorilla versus Kong. Really? What is it? Are these old movies? No. I don't know. Let me just look really quick. I want to make. I don't sure. think it's a real, like, dynamic mm-hmm. slate this year, just because everything has slowed down so much. But yeah, there is stuff coming out. I'm just not sure. It's been I, off my radar, to be honest. I just think that. Yeah, I mean, so much has changed. There's quite a few movies that are coming out. It's just they're not going to get the big fanfare. Uh, no time to die is coming out in April. Quiet Place Two. Oh yeah. Which you really like that. Did you toot? Nope. All right. Sounds a little like a fart in here. No. All right. Uh, Black Widow is coming out in May. Another Marvel movie around our anniversary. Sweet. May 7th. Um, <laughs> our anniversary is May 5th. Everybody send gifts. Um, yeah. In the Heights. I don't know what that is. I'm so... I know. I'm such a bad... Isn't, isn't Spielberg's West Side Story coming out yeah. this year? Oh, Top Gun. Maverick. Ah, uh, Maverick. I'm just going to... Another movie I don't care about. I'm very excited to do that. Channing, we're doing podcasts. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of movies coming out that were supposed to come out last year that got pushed to this year. It remains to be seen if they will actually go into the theaters for a little bit or just go straight to streaming like Wonder Woman did. Honestly, I think streaming has had so much success. I think that I think that that's that going to be the new be model. The norm. Yeah, that that'll be, be the, new, the new norm for now. But. Um, but that's why I say it would be funny if you and I just did a podcast that was basically like our commentary on what came out that week. Maybe we should do that. We should shift motherhood in Hollywood to just Holly- us talking about movies. Brokers in Hollywood. Okay. Oh my God. We just invented something new. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get back to parenting and living our lives. Thank you guys so much for watching. Chris Broker, you're the best. Oh, I know. Love you. Love you. All right, guys. That's going to do it for me. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.